Divided Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the House Divided Podcast. We are a house even more divided today. We've got three three teams represented here. Obviously, me and Jeremy are here from Michigan and Michigan State, but uh, we pulled a random Twitter user off of off of the internet, and he turned out to be an Ohio State fan, and I'm trying to look up his handle so I don't get it wrong, at John Iver. Twitter user at Johnny Bear of the QB Draw podcast. Welcome. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, great, great, uh, great sweepstakes. It was a little bit like the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, I pulled a gold <laughs> ticket, and, uh, and here I am. Happy to be on. Happy to be talking football again. You know, the summer's dragged yes. on. It's been too hot for too long. We're ready to start talking football again. Yeah, it's about to be 40 degrees and sleeting while we watch Iowa and Northwestern battle it out. It's going to be, we're heading right to the promised land. Uh, College football is back because it was officially back uh, last week. What did you guys make of week zero? The Scott Frost day. (laughs) Yeah, Scott Frost day happened. It came and went. Uh, It was there and and it it was indeed a thing. Uh, you know, I thought overall, like as far as a slate, a week zero slate game, like to have a one score game like that is big because, uh, in the midst of a day of some not very close football, uh, some, some competition to at least watch, uh, we are yeah, yeah. Anytime you can watch Scott Frost choke away a lead. Yeah. (laughs) Must see TV. I'm, I'm really old. And I might be mixing up the dates, but was it week zero last year that we got the Bishop Sycamore IMG yes. game? That's we really missed that out on this year. That, that's what I, but we found out that we're getting an HBO document. So that's my win of week zero for sure. <laughs> Man, it's a my good week win. My internet attention span is so low. I already forgot about Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> Just completely forgot that well, that was a thing. When we get that HBO documentary, probably in like, the middle of June or July next year, and you're starving for football, you know you watch every episode. So. And I'll have, I'll have also forgotten about them then, so it'll be another nice reminder. Reminder, re-reminding you that uh, Bishop Sycamore happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, of course the, the early season high school games are on TV, and it's fun for some of them to like, oh, wow, like that's a guy who's going to go play D1. But then there's some games on there that you're like, why in the hell is this team from <laughs> Pennsylvania flying to Florida to play yeah. a game that literally does not count at all? And like these kids are going to get slaughtered, right? Um, but yeah, glad to have college back. You know, it's uh, it's a sign of I'm out of out of Texas, and it's been like I said, a little bit too hot for too long. So hopefully, with football comes a little bit cool cooler weather. Uh, something we're keeping an eye on here. Yeah, just sort of turn us to Nebraska for one second. That that was a pretty red crowd, which just brings me so much joy. And I don't know if that's because I'm too online, but the fact that like literally dozens of thousands of Nebraska fans flew to fucking Ireland. (laughs) You do wonder, you know, like part of me wonders like how much of that was like traveling and how much of that could be like some like I'm I'm saying maybe like 2% of the people like recognize the Nebraska brand from like fucking 2000 or whatever. Yeah. Like 90s were just like, Oh, that's a good team. We will go see that. It's like when they play uh, football in London, the NFL games, and you got like mm-hmm. fucking, you know, uh, Randy Moss Raiders jerseys in the crowd and stuff like that. Just randomly scattered about. Like, oh man. Fantastic. But yeah, you're right. Very red crowd. Uh, you know, people spent, a lot of money to go to that, that football game. And, uh, you know, the tourism board in, in Ireland must've been thrilled when they saw that slate because it's just <laughs> two, uh, two, two fan bases with a little bit too much money to go in around. And, uh, you know, it is a once in a lifetime experience. You get to go see your team, uh, onside kick up 11 and, uh, lose it, lose the game. So yeah. <laughs> Scott Frost, my word. 
what now quick trivia for each of you um would you rather be on the plane to ireland full of cornhusker fans or the plane to ireland full of medill grads this is a pro union podcast i'm only flying with nebraska fans i can't be with medill grads i'd rather be stuck with the nebraska folks because you're gonna be able to talk football and not fucking global geopolitics and whatever <laughs> and at least at least when they do i know they're just getting it from newsmax and i can overly i can find the humor in that yeah <laughs> oh, man. oh man okay so let's move on to something else that happened this week uh jim harbaugh going biblical is what i titled it in the notes um literally uh he is now I'm just I'm on a podcast with an Ohio State fan and and a Michigan State fan so I know how this has to go so I'll let you guys just take a gander at this uh and then I'll I'll rebut Jeremy do you uh, want to take what or should I well I don't know your so we, we just met so I don't know your your marriage situation but my god the uh the husband guy energy coming out of this summer for Jim Harbaugh so oh, big yeah Holy shit. Like, what does his wife have over him that he has committed so hard this summer to just kissing that ass? Like giving her everything she wants. Right? Like, I'll come to the pro, you know, the pro pregnancy rally. I'll make sure I mention God and like the Bible and all my pressers. I won't even compare it to the NFL. Can't do that. I was an NFL coach. All I want is to go back to the NFL, but no, I'm gonna make sure this is a Bible reference. Like, my God, the husband energy. I just respect the husband energy. That's that's what I'm you know, yeah, just really like a, a summer of dad energy too. Uh, you know, I, you know, Brendan, sorry to, you know, bring up uh, maybe some sore subject here, but the man, like the timing of like the Dante Moore news hitting when I'm literally scrolling through TikTok and I see like Jim Harbaugh's daughter posting like 12 TikToks of of Jim reading a book or going for a walk and like fucking somewhere in Europe. I'm like, on the record loving those TikToks, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, clear. you know what? We, we, we do respect a bad getting king, though. Like that guy, you know, there, we're, we could like, there's a chance we look back at like this offseason and like him, you know, not going to the league and being like the moment where it's like, oh man, he like, he flew the coop. You know, there's like one thing to be said, like, I do think like from a serious football perspective, like it is probably a really difficult situation to be in, to have to choose between two quarterbacks. Like, you know, I've heard it from people on both sides of the fence saying one person really won the job, but they're worried about the other person transferring and, uh, and stuff like that. And I, I really like, again, like you're playing fucking Colorado state in Hawaii. There is no chance this game, like you could quite literally swap quarterbacks until the Michigan State game, and you would be just fine, right? Probably, uh, yeah. After hey. that, you resume switching back to the Ohio State game, and you could just do that uh, until the end of time. But, like, to not just be like, uh, yeah, you know what, we, we, we're really competing here, but to go in a level further and to just be like, no, 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 there's precedent for this in the, the sacred text of, of the Bible is just so, so funny. And, like, that's why I, I texted Brendan this, and this is a bit of a hack bit, but, like, like Michael Scott or Jim Harbaugh, like, they're the same exact guy at this point where you're like, I don't know, like, if I put a microphone in this guy's face, I don't know where he's going with this. And, like, that makes great TV. So, like, in a season, Brendan, where, like, you're going to play two significant football games, maybe three, depending on where Penn State is, um, like you're going to have a lot of time to be filled and that's going to lead to a lot of time with microphones in Jim Harbaugh's face, not talking about the fucking Yukon defense. Um, so you're probably going to have a few more of these moments as, as the, the year goes on. Um, but yeah, I, I can only hope so. Um, I'm embracing this at this point because it, it did feel like a switch flipped. Like as soon as, he it was clear to him that the NFL wasn't happening like he he took Michigan from 
two and four or whatever to the Big Ten championship in the playoff and still couldn't get a job when he was vocally trying to get a job. It's like a flip switch, and he's like, well, time to just be me at Michigan because they'll let me he's do whatever. He's a tenured professor now is what happened. Yeah, he, he, that's he right. Here, and he right. is, yep. you know what? You can't fire me now. You know, he did his his his, his bit. And, and uh, I don't want to be disrespectful here, but I'm going to be anyways. Um, Jim Harbaugh is the perfect mix of Asperger's and CTE. Yeah. And so it just creates this weird ass person who needs to be studied in a lab because how That's does he, say. how does he galvanize a group of young men to go accomplish anything, let alone, you know, whatever it, it's, it's wild. Um, in the football perspective, I've been pretty clear on, well, maybe I haven't tweeted about this much. I, I want to be clear. I don't think it matters at all. Um, despite Hawaii looking like a tremendous challenge, getting beat 63 to 10 by Vanderbilt. I took them uh, straight up, by the way. <laughs> uh, but but really, you, you said two to three important games. I think it could be a little bit more, uh, depending on what realm of good Michigan's in. And obviously what realm of good Penn state and Iowa are in, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter from a football perspective. I, I think you could again, trade even further, like you said, I, but I also understand why they won't do that. I don't think that would be good come year end for where, quarterback psyche. Where I think you need to study him more in the lab is I'm going to actually disagree with you on one thing. That dude doesn't believe the NFL is gone. That dude will still oh, chase yeah. this. That dude oh, will still I, chase this every summer. They're I'm not still summer, but with you on that. Like, I think, I think the right opportunity was not there. I do think he went into the room and it was like, like I say, like literally Michael Scott, like I, like when I heard about the nine hour interview that the dude went through for the Vikings, like, <laughs> I just heard the, uh, in the back shit. of my head, I heard the like curb your enthusiasm theme and he just sits down <laughs> and he's, like kicking his feet up at the desk and they're like, wait, 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 no, no, now's the interview. And he's like, wait, wait, wait a second. I got on this plane. I didn't get on here to interview. So, like, I do think, like, and it was, the timing of it was brutal, I will say, too. Like, I do think there's a scenario where he does, like, end up leaving for the NFL. But, like, the timing of that interview happening, like, right after the, the Flores news dropped from the NFL, too, where they were like, hey, we are not hiring enough people of color to be coaches in the NFL – and like, we need to be really serious about this interview process. Like it could not have, like the timing could not have been worse for, for Jim Harbaugh to go to the NFL, especially because it was looking like it was the sweetheart deal was already made. And they had like leaked, like literally, I remember like, as he was on the plane, like essentially the, the news had dropped. Oh, he's on the plane as like, he's on the plane news drops, like on Twitter, you know, Vikings or whoever interviewed this, you know, a black head coach candidate for nine hours leading into this. So it's like, holy shit, like we got to go back to square one. And like, I don't, I like, I, I do think there's a, a scenario like, but what really happened, I think this, this year and this summer is that like Michigan is in a, like a camp where they cannot fire Jim Harbaugh. Right. And that is, like an interesting, like, like Brendan said, like, this is a tenured professor now. And like, you've got to like, you know, he's finally got the keys and like, he's not like he had that tough COVID year and that like everybody was freaking out about, but now he's got the keys to his palace and you got to let him run with it. Right. And, uh, but yeah, and he just, and he just went through a summer where it's clear that his athletic director is just lost mm, all yeah, political yeah, power that's... that he ever held. Yeah. Whatever political power Ward Manuel held, before Mel Pearson in this entire summer, it's gone now. So yeah. he basically is his own athletic director at this point. Like, who's his oh, boss? Jesus I, I don't know who his boss is now. Dude, like, this I season don't. better go well. I, it, it better with the go talent well they team. have on this team <laughs> and well, with the situation <laughs> we're laying out here on this podcast that I did not intend for this segment to delve this deep into. Uh, but yeah, you, it's, you it's correct. UM is close to entering Ohio State territory where this the margin of good season and bad season is so thin that like 
Welcome to hell, Brendan. Dude, it no, I, I don't need to hear this. I've been here since as soon as J2 is short happened and they didn't make it that year. It was like, okay, well, you lost on a close call. You get another year. And then in 2017, they came out and they just fucking sucked. And then, in tw- and then you know, it, Michigan fans started holding us up against the Ohio State margin without any proof that it was even possible under him for like four years, five years without it happening. So trust so me, I'm, I'm in hell, buddy. This is yeah, this is this is like, you know, you enter this uh, like it's literally like Pirates of the Caribbean where you're like the curse of the Black Pearl where it's like I can't taste food anymore. I get no joy from college football at all being an Ohio state fan, because like, it's just, it's, it's, there's no fun in it. Right. You, you win the Rose bowl last year, right. Which was the most fun football game. I think I've ever watched as like an Ohio state fan dating back to like, I don't know, the trestle era when I was like, you know, eight or nine years old and like fucking eat, sleep and breathing this shit. Um, but yeah, you, you, you win that and you're like, oh, great. But then you like look back, you're like, oh, shit. Like you lost to Oregon. You lost to Michigan. You lost, like you should have lost like three teams along that way. Like, and then you look back and there's just like, you know, there's, there's very little in terms of highlights. And like, that's why like heading, and this is where we can move into the next segment of like this season being fucking hell is that like the expectation is there, but like, expectation was there in 2015 right and you you know you come out and you can't figure out the offense you again you've got <clears throat> got two quarterbacks <laughs> um well that's not fair you guys had three yeah uh, had or three wait that was 2014 sorry yeah you you got two quarterbacks that can't figure it out um oh, and then you, you just continue to go down this route and like as an ohio state fan there have been so many years in my life where you're in this exact spot where it's like, well, shit, like, you know, you, uh, you know, the expectation of a national championship is there, but like in my lifetime, they've won two. And yeah, I know that's like, uh, it's, it's better than most can say. And almost every fan base could say, but when the expectation is that you are going to that, you set like your own brain to be like anything short of that. Eh, whatever. I've seen Rose bowls. I've seen it all. Like I've seen, been to the playoffs, yeah. lost in the finals. And it just gets soulless. And like, you know, you, you need like a breath of fresh air and you need like, you know, that's where it's like, I'm hoping maybe this year could be fun because there was that those losses last year. And maybe you get a chance to avenge some of that, but like, don't call it the revenge tour. That's just my only advice. Don't yeah. call it the revenge tour. Well, there is no mistake. revenge tour whatsoever. Because again, <laughs> you know, what are we? What are we taking revenge from? Because again, you 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 lost those games, and, and Michigan obviously beat the fucking tar out of Ohio State last year. And Oregon beat the fucking tar out of Ohio State last year. Yeah, so, those games were so similar. Uh, it, when you go back and look at it, I, I mean, just in how the they formula unfold. is there, and that's why Notre Dame is scary to me because it's like, oh shit. Yeah, but you got Jim Knowles now. Ball. You didn't. Who was your defensive coordinator going into last year? Was it Kerry Coombs or am it was I? Kerry um, Coombs. Yeah. And, so you're uh, not you're not letting the corpse of Kerry Coombs walk around trying to run right. your defense for a couple weeks before doing a makeshift thing. Like I mean, that's yeah. that's a big difference. I think it's like one of those things where it's like you know back in the day, LeBron like there was like a when LeBron was in Miami, there was a defensive set where he was telling a guy on the other team where he was supposed to be like, Hey man, you're supposed to be, no, no, no. He was a young kid. He was like, you, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. I know the gift you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I feel like Michigan was entering that Ohio state game being like, no, no, no. Hey, listen, you're supposed to be right there. Like that you're going to be more effective if you're standing in this exact spot. And they just, you know, they played such basic defense. They did not do anything cool. And, you know, it's just a, fucking like a, a terrible like a, a, an awful year and again you say like oh what? you won the fucking rose bowl you know and like it's just uh life is hell man and uh it's it's an it's a it's a symbol for life really right like, uh, <laughs> we are all sisters pushing pushing oh, up the hill and uh you know one day it's going to come falling down on us. And uh, yeah, that's college football. That's that's a beautiful outlook, man. <laughs> uh, before we move into some betting lines for our, our not loaded, but a, a pretty decent week one slate. Um, 
you gave some thoughts on Michigan, gave some thoughts on Ohio State. What's your thoughts on NF Tuck and what they've got going on over there and uh, I, how the 2022 season's look? Why, why do you I'm using it. Team? I'm, God, I fucking hate I am using it every time I refer to him all year on the podcast. So He's, You know what? I'll tell you what, Tuck. Like, so I think they're going to have an interesting year this year. Uh, looking at the non-con schedule, it's – it's pretty straightforward, right? Uh, Western Michigan, Akron, Washington. That's three wins right there. Um, you know, I mean, you obviously have to play Ohio State. Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan, like three weeks. I guess you get a bye week in between. But Can I interrupt that- for a second? John, do you know what life is like here when Michigan and Michigan State have a bye week before the Paul Bunyan game? It, oh no, John Scrooge has that frozen. John, that Jeremy, before? it happened last year. Jesus Christ! You had a buy too. I knew we had a buy. We, we, we yeah, we we had a buy too, and so it was. I can't remember. Week, I remember week. there was a few years there We've, where Michigan was really upset about us having a buy. Yeah, so we well, that, John well, because okay, John John has reappeared. Um, I'm bad. As we talked about the thing, I was trying to tell him about. Uh, so. Basically, both Michigan and Michigan State have buys going into that game in this state. That's going to be a long, long two weeks. It is. Um, and, and this state gets a bit mental uh, about that game, even just in the general public of non-diehard like diehard college football fans. So uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Now, go on gets, about your Michigan It gets state. very online, offline. Oh, yes. It's, yes. It's yes. brutal. Yeah, like I, I know what you're talking about, like, you know, because – being Ohio state, right. You're, you're like four or five. You're, you're basically like every team that you play is like highlighted game. Like, Oh, you like, you know, Wisconsin wants to be your rival uh, Penn state. Like they have this cute little rivalry with Ohio state. Like, um, you know, obviously Michigan state, Michigan, Illinois, but like everybody that they play, I feel like is like a highlighted game. And um, but like, yeah, like you say, like, there's just so much like online bickering back and forth. It's like, God damn it. Can't we just line up and snap the ball? Like, I just want it to be over. And that's the thing where I'm at with this Notre Dame thing. It's like, just snap the fucking ball. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You know, like, it, it, like. You, so we you, made you come on here and talk yeah. about it. I'm glad. Well, I've, got, I've got like two or three more podcasts lined up, like where I have to talk about it. But like, like you, but like you say, like, I just don't want to read any more like takes about like, oh, the recruiting, like this, that, the other mm-hmm. thing. Just, you know. And that's what Tucker does. Like, well, he's going to recruit the hell out of like, and he's going to make Michigan state a brand again. Right. And like, even to a point where like, you know, like I think it's, <laughs> um, you know, I think this, this year might be a little bit harder than last year in that, like you don't have Kenneth Walker, like catching lightning in a bottle and creating like one of the best seasons in, in like, college football history right um but like there's there's room for other guys to step up i think 15 for them might be a little like high in terms of expectations right like uh, you know i don't know who did the preseason rankings this year but they're the same dipshits who do it every week unfortunately yeah oh my god now i will say you said three straight wins i'm not so sold on that washington game um, just because fucky things tend to happen when Big Ten teams travel to the West Coast. And hey, Washington! Uh, hey, Washington! Uh, I, I'm not breaking any news on the pod today, but uh, could be an in-conference game in a few years. Yeah, that's right, baby. We're we're looking at the Big Twenty, and yeah. uh, man, I gotta t- we gotta we gotta have you back on when <laughs> when we're a bit slower and can just dive into all this realignment nonsense. That'd be a good oh, yeah. show. But instead, we have actual games to talk about, guys. Guys, games and games that don't involve Scott Frost, which is a win and a loss. Yeah. Um, the loss goes to Nebraska. Uh, we're going to open up with some more week one Big Ten. And this one, wait, real quick, uh, on on air housekeeping, Jeremy, you got the spreadsheet? You going to fill in our picks? Yes, sir. Remember, okay. I'll go away on camera when I do that, though. So. Okay, that's fine, big man, as long as you <laughs> warn me. Don't want, right. you, don't want to throw you off here, bud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so week one, 
Big Ten matchup. Uh, we were talking pre-show about this. We have thoughts on this concept. Um, but we've got Penn State traveling to Purdue. And if I'm James Franklin, I'm pretty mad about this because opening night at Ross-Aid Stadium with a Purdue team that has a lot of maybe not national hype around it, but I know a few Purdue fans and they're all pretty jacked up about this team. I'm jacked up about the best AOC, Aiden O'Connell. We are going, we, I'm going with them as my big 10 West pick. So uh, they are a three and a half point home dog to Penn State. Home dog screams to me. Smart money here is going on Purdue. I'm with you. It will be large. It will be loud. Um, but yeah, back to kind of tying two topics together, conference realignment. Once that shit goes down, this stuff is going to become commonplace, right? You're going to have to, you know, as part of these TV deals, they're going to have to play more conference games, right? Mm-hmm. And that leads to more competitive week one stuff. But like you said, how the hell does James Franklin get this draw in this year? I mean, granted, he just got to say, hold on, no, hold on. We're, we're acting like James Franklin has any like argument. Ohio State, didn't you guys have to do this like two years ago and go play yeah. like a kind of well, like did, Minnesota last year on a um, Thursday? Yeah. I like, literally yeah. had to go to Purdue. I remember like the hype into that game. So like if Ohio State had to be like, James Franklin can sit down. Like he, well, he has no say over that. I was just going to say too, and like James Franklin just got paid. So like, yeah, I guess yeah. Like, we can't really like, you know, it, it's not like he's in a contract year anymore and it's like, oh, wow, that's a tough draw. It's like, all right, well, at some point you have to do what you're paid to do. And, um, this is like, like I said, before we got on, like, this is a tough draw for them. Uh, I know not so privately, right? Like you've got Sean Clifford. He's like another eighth year quarterback or whatever, but you've got a five-star who's sitting behind him. And, uh, you know, if, if things start to go awry from a, you know, there's two ways this can go, you know, Penn state takes care of business. Of course they did. Right. And they're, you know, on path to, you know, playing the Michigan States, Ohio States, Michigan's of the world and seeing where they stack up in that rank. But from an offensive line standpoint, I do not like where they're at. Um, and if Purdue can score the ball, like it might be difficult for them. Right. And, uh, but that said, like, I think three and a half is a tough line for, for, for Penn state, I think to cover. So I, I would say my money's on Purdue here. That's a clean sweep. We all have Purdue. Oh no. Great. That means, but you know what I will say could counteract that curse of a clean sweep. Because, you know, the universe is paying attention to our show first yes. and foremost. <laughs> but yeah. but I will say is uh, this is James Franklin's first game after the contract extension. And that's oh, a no- noted curse is the first game after you get paid. Yeah, uh, Mel, Mel so, Tucker had a game last year after his contract extension. Right? Yeah, he had. A, I think that happened. Jeremy, thoughts? Um, I guess I mean, I'm with Purdue. Oh, no, no, sorry. We we were talking about Mel Tucker's first game after his. Oh, god, was that Ohio State? Yeah, it was. I forget when that thing was signed. (laughs) It's a real, it's a real curse, dude. That's right. He wasn't dry on that one yet, but uh, good for him. That's right. But yeah, thanks, LSU. Got him paid. First game after the extension, right? I'm I'm calling Purdue straight up, but real quick before we move on to the next game, I need to look the up the over under. It's 53. That feels like an easy over to me. Easy, easy over. I mean, shit. Like Purdue's ideal game is them scoring like 40 points. So yeah, I just put money on it live on the show. So <laughs> I don't think Purdue is expecting to hold Penn State to you know 13 points. So yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over here. All right, so next up, I believe we have the Friday night, the annual JV game before varsity gets going on Saturday. Uh, Michigan State hosting Western Michigan uh, is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. Jeremy, I'll let you take this one. What are your thoughts on this game in general, and who are you taking on the spread? On the spread? I mean, Western always – every God, I hate playing directional Michigan schools outside yeah. of Eastern. God, do I hate it? Because, like, Central's beat, beat us in our lifetime. Like, Western has come close. Western's never, I think, beat us in my lifetime. Maybe they No, they have to. Yep. So, yeah, no, it scares me. Um, but, like, looking into Western, I mean, they've got two redshirt QBs who have thrown, like, a total of 40 passes. Uh, redshirt freshman QBs. 
They have some good running backs coming back, including Ladarius Jefferson, who is an MSU transfer from a couple of years ago under D'Antonio. So that could be a concern for other teams, but I'm really not going to be scared of a team who leans on the run against this defense. So I don't think we learned anything about the MSU pass defense unless Western somehow lights it up, um, but I'm going to take MSU to cover. All right, uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'm also going to take MSU to cover. Um, I don't know, really have a rhyme or reason to it other than I it would make me unhappy. So uh, MSU wins by 40. I, You know, I'm going to, you know, in the effort of being good radio, like I think I'll take Western Michigan to cover, but like not by much. Like it's going to be like a three-score game. Probably one of those situations where like, they're up four scores in the fourth quarter. And then, uh, you know, you call the dogs off and then, you know, you get a cheap score from Western. Um, also probably is one of those games that like maybe Western scores early and it's like a two possession game for a little bit. And then, you know, uh, MSU gets, starts to distance itself because like, again, you, you, you alluded to it, but like the idea of like, you're playing a team that like you're playing this other team Super Bowl because these are the guys that Michigan State likely, you know, passed over to uh, to build their current team. And you're in a, you know, a, a new era of Michigan State football. So like, uh, you know, m- more so to just kind of be different, because if we go chalk down this whole damn podcast, it's going to be pretty boring. Listen. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Western to cover uh, Michigan State, obviously, to win that game. Listen, yeah. you, have a su- you have a successful podcast. You can feel free to come on here and be boring. That is, that's our target demo. Successful. We have like thirteen listeners. We, we search out, <laughs> we search out the unionist socialist who wants to come here and be boring. That's what yeah. we're here to do. We're here for their smoke. Chalk. So chalk every week. Oh my God. We do tend to agree too much on this show. Uh, next, let's go to another chalky game. Just uh, keep it in state. Michigan hosting Colorado State. Uh, first home game since winning the Big Ten Championship. Beating Ohio State. I expect the place to be juiced. Um, it's a 30 and a half point spread, and I'm pretty sure Colorado State's returning like 28% of the roster. So I'm going to go ahead and take Michigan to cover that well, I, in the first half. I'm going to say Michigan's going to cover it in the first half and not look I back. think that's, that's fairly safe. Like I, I think, uh, so what is the protocol here, I guess, in a two quarterback system, right? Are you? Yeah, I don't. Do you, do you pull them early? Like, what they, do you do? They, Jim talked about this. Uh, they're both going to play in both games. Was that also that makes sense? But like, like who's the third quarterback? You guys have a third quarterback, right? Yeah, it's a battle between uh, Alan oh, Bowman boy. and somebody yeah, else. He still has, Bowman we still have has eligibility. Two, we have a four quarterback battle. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's I mean, the, the third he's, spot not being short up doesn't matter. Swap yeah. the rep. Hey man, man, it's all about meritocracy at Michigan. Yeah. We're 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 fighting it out for every spot on the depth chart. I don't I, know, man. Some his last name is Davis. I'm sorry for not knowing Michigan's fourth string quarterback. God, listener. There goes a listener. His yeah, mom listens. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that's so we, funny. Uh, yeah, yeah that, I mean, I think, like you said, like that's the only thing to watch here is like how fast the dogs get pulled, right? Like, because like you said, like they cover in the first half. Who's taking that first step of the second half? You know, like if, if we cover right. it. If... I honestly expect them to play JJ and Cade probably into the mid third quarter, late third quarter, depending, even if they're up by 40 or something. And then, you know, then it's Bowman time. But I'm curious to see with Cade, like with, with JJ, especially, like, um, do they continue to use him tactically like they did last year? Right. I could see it if he loses the job that he continues to get snaps in every single game, very similarly, just because he provides a different skill set from Cade McNamara. And that's why I think like, ultimately if that starts to happen, that's the indication to me that like, Oh, this is still Cade's team. Like, you know, right. and, you know, and like, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you there, but I, I truly think at least these first couple weeks, we're going to see him 
I don't know about trade series, but I think we'll we'll see a normal offense. But I don't think you're going to see Michigan call the dogs off very early because they want to see these guys compete. And to be frank, they have a lot of weapons on the offense that are going to want touches. They have the deepest yeah. receiver room I've ever seen them have at, in my entire life I'm as glad, Michigan. Glad you said that you've ever seen. That. I thought you were going to say in the no, country. no, not not no, not in the country, not in the Big Ten. I I mean no, but but I still think it's one of the it's it is the deepest receiver room I've ever seen at Michigan. Yeah. Um, it's you have Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, both at running back, both who like catching the ball out of the backfield so, and will want to run and are going to want touches. And you have probably one of the best tight ends in the country in Eric Hall. So they're they're not going to call the dogs off super early. I don't think they're just probably going to run super basic offense the whole time. Well, they they don't have to call off the dogs as far as quarterback either because I've seen blowouts like this in the Michigan non-conference, basically the entire Jim Harbaugh era. And they're going to run the ball 45 times. Like that's correct. That's the hard part of understanding. What is he going to make out of these two games? Like, that's why I think Brendan, you're right. That we're still going to go into Maryland, having no idea who the quarterback is. Cause he's going to learn nothing from his, uh, his non-conference. They're going to run the ball 45 times. So put JJ or Cade back there or whoever you want. They're just going to hand the ball off. Yeah, so who are you taking against the spread, that Come, 30 and a half? So, so I put Michigan down, but I do want to say, if you want to put money on the Colorado State thing, the only thing I would counter Brendan with is, yes, only 28% returning, but that is by choice because they hired Jay Norvell, and Jay Norvell yes. brought a lot of his Nevada, a lot of Nevada kids, kids with him. And, yep. and so that's by choice. Like, I, It's not a good Colorado State team, and they also lost a ton of people because they listened to Urban Meyer's choice to hire their last coach, and it did not go well. Uh, so... So I think that that I wouldn't use against them. I think Colorado State maybe comes out. Jay Norvell is pretty interesting as an offensive mind. Like maybe he finds a way to get them on the scoreboard, but I think Michigan could hand like 60 on them. So yeah, I, no way I, am I saying Colorado State's going to get 30. So uh, yeah, Michigan's going to cover. Yeah. And Aaron, you took Michigan. Sorry, John. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're all good. But my, my, <laughs> my identity. Nope, nope, nope. We're not going to dwell on it any further. Yeah. If you didn't hear what I said, don't go back and listen. Uh, and it's only because it's your name on the screen, because I know you as John. Yeah. So, anyways, you took Michigan, correct? Yes. Now, before we move on to some real football games, I will say. Shout out to that guy at the NCAA tournament uh, that I game that I was at against Colorado State this spring, who at halftime told me it was a sad day to be a Wolverine fan. And then Michigan came back and won. Shout Woo! out to that guy. I still Fuck think about guy. you sometimes. Uh, North Carolina against old friend Appalachian State. Um, this is an interesting game because North Carolina played, I think, Florida A&M, some walkover FCS team. And kind of, I only caught the first half, but they didn't look very good. And they're going four. Yeah. And they're going to Appalachian State. And that is a program with life. So, uh, as I'm taking another home dog, guys, I I like the, I like App State to win this This straight up. Mac Brown is a wasp's nest that Mac Brown has entered here. Mm -hmm. Right. You get the institution of North Carolina and, and like just like a like a breakdown of like North Carolina the like at Chapel Hill is like old southern money, you know, like you've got it's the elite of the elite in the state, right? It's the top X percent of the state students get to go to North Carolina Chapel Hill and the rest of the world be damned. And then you enter App State, which is out in Boone, North Carolina. And they fucking hate, hate, hate everything that has to do with, and again, it's the same situation with Western Michigan playing Michigan State, where you are entering a wasp as you're getting, like, you're, these, you're, if I'm App State, I'm telling these guys, that guy across the field took your job from you, right? You grew up wanting to be a Tar Heel, and they said no, and they picked that fucking guy over you. Right. And that's how you create like, I don't know how the hell UNC is favored here other than name recognition. App State's going to win this game. And I think they're going to win it pretty handily. And that's going to be a rocking arena like that place gets bumping. And I think it's going to be an awesome game, like great scenery around there. I think it's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, I believe App State returns like 
uh, like a, a lot of players too. So like, that's not like UNC with a newish quarterback, not a great environment to be entering. Like, I think uh, they, they win this game pretty, pretty easily. Jeremy. I think, this, I think this is the game where you really start having the conversation. Like this is Mac Brown's last year. Like he's yeah. going to have like the retirement at the end of the year in air quotes, like just, First of all, also, before we move too far out, I have to say, John, I love the way that you dropped the boom. You put a little draw on the boom when you took that in. That was perfect. Yeah. Thank God. God, it's so great to have a good accent on this show. Some of us dumbasses here. But, uh, yeah, um, no, I, I think, at, again, straight up, just the way that I feel like about Purdue as a home dog, of like straight up, like this is a better team with just a lot more energy. I don't. UNC letting 24 points for Florida A&M. And just Who was down 25 round. players, by the way. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. It's, it was brutal. Like, this, this feels like the, because they only played week zero and, and still got a win and no one really cared because they had Scott Frost to make fun of, I think that Mac Brown got to skate on that last week. This is the week that everyone starts being like, so UNC is going to come open at the end of the year, right? Like there's no way Mac Brown wants to keep doing this. And, and this is the game that starts it. How did they schedule this? I, I mean, like seriously, what were they? I think thinking? they meant to, I think they meant to schedule East Carolina. Who's just dog shit right now. <laughs> and then they, they actually they, picked they, the wrong one. Again, they're UNC Chapel Hill. So they're like, hmm, they're all the same. <laughs> I, I was talking to a buddy who, who went to North Carolina and he was like, this is the worst, like this is the worst way for this team to start the season because because of the name the reasons I mentioned, he's like, it's just what if you win that, right? Like it's you know, Michigan beating a, a directional Michigan school, like, oh great, you, you did it, you were supposed to. It's Ohio State beating Cincinnati. Oh, great, you're you know, congrats. But like you lose this game and it's gonna be, you know, hot highlight tape material for you know, they're gonna be playing this this game in Boone till you know, twenty thirty-five or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great It's a second. noon kickoff, too, and that whole crowd will have been buzzed since tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, they will start tailgating tonight. We are recording and, on Wednesday night, folks. <laughs> yeah, they will start tonight. App is just an awesome place, and that it's going to be insane. Like, it's going to be so loud in there. It's Hornet's Nest is perfect description. Like, I don't know what – they don't like Mac. Because why would you give him this guy his schedule? This is not a good choice to schedule yeah. this game. Yeah, it's going to be a good second screen game for Michigan fans, I think, uh, in that noon slate. Uh, it's certainly what I'll be doing. Um, if I was at that, uh, the 2007 Appalachian State game, for those that don't know. Uh, yeah. What happened? I was just going to ask, there <laughs> precedent for uh, uh, Appalachian State winning week one? Like, I, I, uh, I heard this. My, my grandma who took me to the game i was i was like nine years old and uh she told me on the way into the stadium that she brought me to this one because she didn't want to take me to a nail biter uh and and that that is why they lost i think because she said that uh how anyways, does your grandma even talk to you still god you <laughs> have to be to so me. cursed you're oh so my cursed. god hey man michigan went four and oh in the sporting events i went to this year uh we've got speaking of negative memories revolving around Michigan. Our next game is Oregon at Georgia. Hey, we're, we're, we're all reliving bad memories here. here. Yeah. Yeah. Oregon. Well, they're not at Georgia. I believe this is the game. Well, yeah, they are. Isn't this is the one in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're playing in Atlanta. So it's Oregon at Georgia. Uh, Georgia is a 17 point favorite at home, not at home. And I gotta be honest, this is one I'm kind of split on because normally you know, if this is if this is the Oregon of maybe six, seven, eight years ago, I'm taking Georgia easy. But Oregon seems like one of the tougher uh, big t- or Pac-12 programs. Excuse me. And, and I think you know what? Just in the terms of being weird, I'm going to go with Oregon to cover this spread and lose by like 14 instead. I, you know, Bo Nix playing this game. It sounds like at, uh, at quarterback. Um, you've got Dan Lanning, that. who was Georgia's defensive coordinator right uh who's now Oregon's head coach oh my uh, god this is gonna be awesome 
this is this is you know, and this is the start to that era again. You know, uh, Oregon did some recruiting of quarterbacks this off off season, um, and you know, I mean, this is this is game one. This is proof of concept for them. Like, I think this is you know, like you say, like like I say, like with and I'll, I'll we'll talk about it in a little bit, but seventeen points a lot to put on a big boy, and and I think uh, I don't know if I pick Oregon to win this game, but I I do pick them to cover. Yeah, I, I disagree here because of one thing only, and that is Kirby Smart learned from Nick Saban that when you get the chance to beat the fuck out of your old assistants, you do it. Yeah, true. And I think Kirby Smart is going to just open up all kinds of hell on Oregon. And That's if you're Dan Lanning in Oregon, it doesn't really mean anything too much to you. You have a transfer QB. It's your first game. You're going to Atlanta. If you get stomped, okay you just you have everywhere to go but up like it's not it's not like you walked into a perfect situation here like you, your team is still searching for a conference possibly in a couple of years so like I don't know like to me I just feel like Kirby Smart coming like, you just finally won a national title at Georgia if you're gonna have the hangover I don't think they can do it in week one like week one they're gonna come out and just destroy a team and they're gonna go have a hangover randomly in like week five where the kids mind starts slipping like, this is the game that they come out in Atlanta, put on a show for their fans, and then they, re- like, regress a little bit. But, like, this one, I don't know. It just feels like this is where they just kill a team. And, and it's not that Oregon's bad. It, it's just Georgia is very good. And you have to play them in Atlanta. And your head coach was the assistant of this guy, and he just wants to make us, like, an example here. Um, yeah. You know. That's a good point. Yeah. I, 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 guess- I totally underestimated that. <laughs> Like, I guess, too, like, looking back on it, it's like, you know, what could Dan Lanning have gleaned from, like, what their, like, their offense is at Georgia? Like, man, their their offense is pretty clear. Like, oh, we're just going to take the ball and run it down your fucking throat. Recruit five-star athletes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the strategy. They, they run the recruit five-star athletes play. And, like, yeah, last year they hit. Like, I yeah, I don't think they repeat for what it's worth. Um, but – yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I, I don't think that I th- still think they win this game. I just think seventeen points is maybe a bridge too far for me. Okay, let's uh, move on. I changed up. We're gonna change up out of the chronological order because I want to finish on Ohio State. Um, we're gonna do Florida State, LSU, LSU a three point favorite. Uh, John, John, you're kind of a a semi-seminal guy yeah um, a where is this game and b give me your thoughts on Brendan, it. you lost your dad joke abilities he's a semi semi knolls fit oh <laughs> fuck. God. Damn, uh, there, there it goes i gotta get snipped i just don't have the capability <laughs> for the good dad well, jokes. so this is uh, you know this informs probably the spread uh it is in new orleans so this is not ah. a favorable draw for the Knowles. Uh, so yeah, a little backstory. Uh, my fiance is is a, a graduate of Florida State, so by proxy, I've adopted them as sort of like a secondary team. And, and you know, for all that I say about Ohio State being like really soulless, like Florida State's in sort of this weird like Renaissance period where it's like, oh, like you know, you had that run under Bobby Bowden, you had obviously the Jameis era which was cool. But then you had like, now you're in this, like we're in hell, we're trying to dig ourselves out. So like anything to get to a bowl game for them, for me would be a success. I don't think it happens this week. Like I think um, I'm shocked that the spread is this close and I'm shocked that uh, LSU fans that I've spoken to are as nervous about this game as they they are. But I just think that, that like, it just dates back to kind of what you talked about with Georgia, where it's like recruit five stars like LSU just has so much goddamn talent like in and around that program that Florida state just does not have to this point. Like they've got a good running game. Um, but like, it's just a bunch of hodgepodge of, you know, uh, of transfers and like misfit toys from other places that like, you know, or like being like they, you know, didn't work at a school and now they're, they're at Florida state. So like they're, they're still trying to find out sort of their identity, they played great last week against Duquesne, which was great, uh, great to see. And, like, you could see a proof of concept of what that team could be. I don't think they're there yet, and I think LSU covers. But, I, like I said, like, I think this is probably a competitive game uh, regardless. 
Jeremy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm totally on that. I, I don't know what this feeling is. Like, I know LSU fans aren't thrilled with the fit of Brian Kelly being actually who they chose. But, like, while it's not a perfect fit, I think, for LSU, and I don't think it's going to have an amazingly happy ending, I also don't think, like, I don't get where people think he's totally incompetent either as a coach. Like, he's a pretty damn good football coach. And Think about who they've Florida, won national championships with, too. Like Exactly. And Florida State is not very good right now. So, I, I agree. I was when I pulled this up and saw LSU only by minus three. I was like, "That is at in New Orleans." Like, that, so you're t- telling me that this is a a pick'em game in Seattle? Like, no chance. There's no, no. I don't know why Florida State is getting all this love. I also really am still considering going under on their their win total for the season because I just don't know where the narrative came this summer that Florida State is like on the verge of being back. I I don't think that they're dog shit and i don't think that they are going to be needing to make another hire soon but at the same time i'm not quite ready to say that i know to to use the godfrey phrase proof of concept i'm not sure that i've seen it yet that they got like the sustainable program well that's the thing like i think too is that yeah like you say like it's it's difficult to like really gain anything out of a game against a duquesne um you know, and, and that's where for me, it's like, I understand sort of like by, by proof of concept, what I mean is like, I can understand how they beat like a Louisville potentially or something like that. And and maybe that's where, where this money is, is that people don't understand what LSU is as a team. Yeah. And like, I do think there's, there's issues with that quarterback room. Like I, I like Brian Kelly is historically like, he's not a, 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 a kickstarter right like he's not a guy who's going to like you know hit the ground immediately running like but like i still don't think he's for, that bad coach you know? for that fault though i will say and like as a grand valley grad granted i didn't go there when brian kelly was there but we have an affinity for the guy and we shouldn't but we do uh that's what happens when you buy a building on campus for the football team um he he's pretty good with quarterbacks, especially compared to what you just had. So yeah. if anyone's going to make, you know, chicken soup on a chicken shit, it's going to be him with the quarterback down there. So I just, I don't know. Like, yeah, the SEC schedule, I don't think is going to go great for LSU. I think there's going to be a lot of year one pains, but this line is one of the more confusing lines of the weekend for me. I, I would have taken LSU at like five and a half to six. I, I don't know. Three yeah. is just very inviting. Yeah, yeah. One of the things about Brian Kelly that a lot of people don't bring up is the fact that he killed a kid. So yeah, he he, or yeah, not a kid, a man. I don't know. He killed someone. That's for sure, folks. And for that reason and that reason alone, we're taking the Knowles. Well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe maybe I shouldn't do that after taking a pick on moral reasons. In my face, Uh, Brendan. We we did the we did the tomahawk chop on camera, and that was a, a a bad decision after taking them for moral reasons and uh i permit i permiss jeremy to give me one bonk to the head when i see him next there you go uh lastly uh we are going to go with the irish traveling to columbus we've got notre dame at ohio state the line is 17 points this doesn't make any sense to me marcus freeman has not been the head coach of a football team before Ohio State is coming out with this offense that's supposed to be a death machine, and uh, and they're playing at home in front of a crowd that's going to want blood after Notre Dame's talk some shit. So uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Buckeyes by twenty. So, so here's so I'll, I'll jump in because I want you, as the Ohio State fan I want you to go last because yeah. I want to show that Brendan and I even though Brendan got one over on me last year are going to show perfect battered spouse syndrome we will never tell you that we think you don't deserve every single bit of this line and more i don't get this line either i i don't i i don't think Notre Dame. i mean eh, i even put Notre Dame on the sheet and i'm talking myself out of it so i'm just like how are they going to keep it close in columbia no ryan day is gonna work out a lot of angst this week on a team that will be pretty good. I think Notre Dame will still be pretty good. But like doesn't matter. Notre Dame friends that I've talked to, they're like, 
yeah, we're much more in the 15 to 20 range. We are not where we should be right now. So I, the Ohio State's going to – and I just don't think Ohio State didn't really lose. All the, the things you lost were probably good losses, and you retained a lot of what was best about the team last year. So, yeah, it just feels like it, at least a 21-point win. Like, it doesn't have to be a full-on, like, you house them by 40, but, like, it's three an touchdowns. Opening- it's an opening night game. It's a night game. Opening. I'm going to throw in a little caveat for you fellas. Uh, this is a quarterback's first start, by the way. Ty, Ty Buckner is going to make his first start. What the, the fuck game. are we doing here, guys? It's, okay, so this is, they're going to win by a million. I say, like, this is like where the Ohio State, like, one way or another, this line is going to look silly, right? Like, I think, like, there is very, like, the probably least likely scenario here is that like, is that like Ohio state wins by 17 points. Like it's either going to be like fucking 20, 25, 20, 28, eight, something in that range, or it's going to be like one score or potentially like, I don't know. This is just like where I say like years and years of being that guy and being that team, like, is like, you know, it, it, it's tough for me to, without having seen the defense and all of the reads out of camp saying that the defense is giving the offense trouble and stuff like that. Like that gives me some like more pause from the offensive perspective, just like historically from Ohio state's perspective, it's like, how do you top a, a year like last year offensively? It's really difficult to do. Um, I don't know. It's just like a, it, it's a worrisome line. For me, I think I will pick Notre Dame against this line. And, like, I'm willing to be made to look like a fool just because I don't want, like, to get out ahead of myself. This is, like, to give you guys full backstory. Like, I'm I'm also a fan of Cleveland sports teams. So I've known for years, like, sort of, like, what this this sort of pain feels like. And and it's supposed to be your year, like, I don't know if I'll ever experience joy like in a sporting context ever again after the 2016 World Series. Like, I just don't think I have that anymore. So, like, I just will not know that what what Ohio State has. Like, again, this is a good test to have early in the season. But like, I could just as easily like if they dog walk Notre Dame, I could just as easily be like, well, that Notre Dame team sucks, and then you move on. And like, I still don't know like who who you are until like. I probably won't know who this Ohio state team is until like after the like national championship has been handed out. Like guys have gone on. <laughs> right. the yeah. Yeah. Like I'm doing like a 10 year recap. Like that's when I'll finally like, Oh, right. That, that team was pretty good. That's usually how I come <laughs> to terms with like most of Ohio state teams. Like oh, looking back at, like I just started looking back at JT Barrett and being like, Oh, that guy was pretty cool. Like, hey, you know, there's uh, a pretty cool game where he, he gets a first down. It was a very clear first down. We've all seen it. <laughs> also, you you are very much fitting our vibe because don't, despite us both picking our own teams this week, that is usually the not the way we operate. We are very much we neg our teams like a, oh yeah like an early two thousands dating guru. We yeah. neg them until I'm, they give in. So I'm done with that. By the way, I saw Michigan win a Big oh, Ten championship for that, the first that's what time I was since say. I was Michigan six. Get, like, so I get a year of being you a cocky get a asshole. Year of Guess just what, Brendan? fucking hammering them. Hammering. And I can tell you what, Brendan, that has no chance to fucking hurt you at all. Please keep never. it. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I know. I know the risks here. Marvah never going to the NFL. Going, <laughs> it was funny. Once. It was so, funny that so I kind of wrote that too. off. Yeah, I, I kind of wrote that off, and you guys brought me back to earth uh, pretty quick. Uh, yeah. So, man, that's the week one slate. I think it's going to be pretty good. I would not complain about a good Notre Dame-Ohio State game in the shoe, but again, and you know, that's a little bit of uh, me and Jeremy, I think, also. Yeah, I hope we're bit, wrong. Yeah, like, we, we'd, we'd both wrong. love it if Notre Dame went into the shoe and beat ohio state oh there will maybe be- not love it maybe not love it because i don't like marcus the the marcus freeman excitement has gone off way too fast and that oh, would only accelerate I disagree he, here. he's zero and one in football games right <clears throat> yeah that's correct 
Zero percent winning percentage. They 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 lost to a bad Oklahoma State team without a defensive coordinator last year. Which hey, think... Malcolm Rodriguez was on that team, and I, he's new, my new favorite linebacker. Shout out! Shout out to Malcolm yeah. Rodriguez. Here we go. Hard yeah. knocks. I had to fit hard knocks talk into this episode. I, I you had to say we didn't get into hard knocks this week. Yeah, I, I like I like I said, this will be a good teaser week. You know, like you know, and, but this is a good week, and then it's going to be a few probably difficult weeks after this, right? Like you just don't have a whole hell of a lot. Uh, although you get Texas, Alabama next week. Um, <laughs> oh, a nice little preview. Oh, it's going to feel so good. A preview. That's going to be funny, but not because it's a good game. Speaking yeah, of sure. him slapping your assistants. Yeah, oh, that's right. That man owes him a beating. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a good week. Um, yeah, just, uh, again, thank you guys for having me on really appreciated it. And, uh, we'll definitely have to do this more often moving forward. Of course, everybody check out the QB draw podcast. It's the best Ohio state podcast on the market. John is the coolest Ohio state fan in the world. Uh, Jeremy, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I just, thanks for coming on, John. I, I could rip you down and say that being the coolest Ohio state fan in the world is not a very hard like thing the world's, to pull uh, off. Yeah. World's <laughs> tallest, uh, tallest short person. Right. You know, it's-